Welcome back to another episode of Press On. I'm your host, Pastor Aaron Rios. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me and being a faithful partner with Press On. If you'd like to support this podcast, I'd invite you to visit my website, AaronRios.com. There you'll find the link where you can donate and support this ministry. We could systematically walk through scripture. And if you look at it closely, it'll become evident very quickly that there is precedent for Christians to, to, to take a platform and, and begin to tell people there is blessing in God and God wants you to be blessed. The problem with the ideologies uh, of blessing in God is ideologies often try to touch the carnal. It's kind of like the Christmas story. How many times have you talked about baby Jesus born in a manger and it seems like it's lost its potency? Or Easter, when we talk about the crucifixion, it seems like it has at times lost its potency because these stories are being delivered in a way to reach you carnally. But you gotta understand that these are spiritual messages and the blessing of God begins first in the spiritual. And there are times when spiritual blessings will manifest and touch you physically, but don't base blessings on whether or not it touches you physically. Know that you are blessed already in the spiritual because of what Christ Jesus has done on the cross. Welcome to Press On with Aaron Rios, lead pastor of Garden City Church, located in Beverly, Massachusetts. We pray that you are enriched, challenged, and inspired to press on towards the cause of Christ. Today's message is entitled, Cast It Off. Now, I was gonna title it Shake It Off, but I didn't wanna make any allusions to Taylor Swift. And I told myself I was not gonna bring that up, but lo and behold, I just did. But yeah, I wanna talk about casting it off. I wanna talk about pushing through obstacles that stand in the way of breakthrough. Now, later on, I'm gonna be doing a series entitled Breakthrough. And so my definition of breakthrough is not like the, uh, like the football game, trying to break through to gain ground, to gain territory, or trying to make it through a challenge in life in order to obtain what you think you should have, and then you're gonna plant a flag and say, this is my breakthrough. Uh, so a breakthrough does not mean the cessation of struggle or, or making it through that thing, but breakthrough, biblically speaking, uh, to the best of my understanding, is encountering God. You can encounter God in the lion's den. You can encounter God in the fiery furnace. You can encounter God in between the Red Sea and an Egyptian army. So a breakthrough is not always making it through and obtaining the results that you think you're owed. But that's what I wanna to talk to you about. I wanna to talk to you about pushing through the obstacles and recognizing that God is in your midst. King David writes in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now check it out here. Verse two of Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Now I love the order that this is placed in because it begins with, with the psalmist or King David talking to himself. 
He's saying, so listen up. This is how it's going to be because I know you feel depressed and I know that you are facing struggle. I know that you're going through some hardship right now, but I'm not going to let the external stimuli. Okay. I'm not going to let what's around me that looks to be negative and and overwhelming dictate that within me there ought to be joy. So, so listen up. You will bless the Lord. I like this because on other occasions, whenever this command is given, because it is a command, it's strong uh, language is used here. There's exclamation points involved, so you know it's strong. He's speaking authoritatively to himself. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord with all that is within me. Why? Why are you going to bless the Lord? Well, I got to remind myself of the blessings of the Lord, the benefits of being known by God. What are the benefits? Well, he says it right here in verse three. He says he forgives all my iniquities. And this is where it all begins. For me to really touch the blessings of God, it has to begin with my iniquity. It has to begin with my shortcomings. It has to begin with my flaws, my failures, and my weaknesses. What good is it to pour out blessings in my life if my body is sick and unable to enjoy the blessings of God? And what good is it to have an abundance of wealth but no peace with God? And so this is the point where God's blessing the benefits of the Lord really need to begin meeting people. He forgives us and he heals us. Now that's the, that's the beginning stages of coming into a right standing with God. I have to begin with being forgiven of my sin. And then I have to allow God's goodness and grace to heal me of this spiritual sickness. And slowly as God begins to heal my spiritual sickness, it's going to begin to manifest all around me on the outside. Suddenly the anger that kept me bound and, and made me uh, just unable for other people to be around, suddenly the Lord quenches that fire and I become a sweet fragrance around other people. Let's continue. He says, who redeems my life from destruction? And then he crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. So we see that God forgives and he heals. And then he redeems and surrounds. And again, this is spoken with some strength here. This is authoritatively. He moves in my life authoritatively, but he does it with loving kindness and with mercy. Sometimes God moving in your life with deep authority is a demonstration of mercy. Uh, I've had my kids walk a little too close to the street with a car coming, and I've had to quickly, swiftly, authoritatively move them out of the way, get them to the inside of the sidewalk. That's an act of mercy that to them, they might go, ah, why did you do that? But the reality is I'm moving them quickly out of mercy. I'm trying to surround them and protect them. Verse five says, he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Now let's understand what, what the author in the poet and the psalmist is trying to communicate by stating that God satisfieth my mouth. What, what, what that means to satisfy the mouth, it's actually better translated as this. He adorns me in my older years so that my youth is restored. And so this is actually a play on words in, in, in those days that the adorning of the mouth is actually represented, representative of being adorned 
in maturity. God is looking to extend not just my years, but to add the quality to my life and to yours. And then verse six says, the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. And Christians really need to perk their ears to this because we have a God of righteousness and we have a God who is concerned with social affairs and we have a God that that is involved in, in the uh, inadequacies and in the social injustices that are all around us. God wants righteousness demonstrated and advocated for, particularly with those who are oppressed. So understand that the blessing that David is really honing in is not simply about a materialistic kind of blessings. They are character-based blessings, forgiving, healing, redeeming, surrounding, satisfying, executing and advocating righteousness. So through that lens, I wanna ask you, what is it that you need from the Lord today? I wanna talk about blessing and I want you to picture in your mind, what is it right now, whether you're driving, you're at the gym, uh, if you're just laying in bed, you're just listening to this podcast and you would, and, and I pose this question, what do you need from God right now? The blessing that a believer, a child of God truly ought to be walking in isn't a blessing or a breakthrough to make you primarily healthy, wise and wealthy. The greatest blessing you can ever experience is his peace, his presence, his provisions. Did you ever consider God's presence a blessing? Did you ever consider God's peace a blessing? I'm talking about the kind of peace that would stop you from striving so hard to get things, to accumulate things that you think will bring you joy. What if I told you that you no longer have to work so hard to accumulate the things that you think you need to make you happy? There are treasures and blessings of joy that can be found in God. And Christians don't poke that beehive enough. <laughs> we, we don't rile that up enough. God, you can satisfy me. God, you can adorn me. God, you can renew my strength. Father, you can put into my life the ingredients that are lacking that would make me stop trying so hard. Now listen, I do believe that God wants to bless his people. Listen to what Leviticus 26, three through five says. It says, if you follow my statutes and carefully keep my commandments, I will give you rains in their season and the land will yield its produce and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. Your threshing will continue until the grape harvest and the grape harvest will continue until sowing time. You will have your fill of food and eat it and dwell securely in the land. So we see that God promised his people blessings and provisions and safety that we could systematically go through scripture and i can show you that god really does want you to be blessed i don't know why some people are so ashamed of this or they seem to struggle with that idea it's not hard to see that when you're in the thin seasons when blessings seem scarce that it's okay to pray to blessing let me ask you this do you believe we ought to be living and thriving in peaceful community with one another. I think many of us would probably agree to that. But just because we're witnessing a lot of unrest, it doesn't negate the notion that peace still should reign. Okay, follow me here. 
And, and that's how, how I imagine that the blessings of God ought to be. Uh, uh, God wants to bless you, but God is more concerned about the deeper matters, your relationship with him. And he is concerned with how you persevere through those thin times, despite the blessings that could be enacted in your life. I think God wants to observe, how are you going to be when what you hope was going to happen doesn't happen? If you're in a thin season and blessings seem scarce, I, I want to encourage you, hold on, keep pursuing the Lord, keep pursuing God. So if we're defining breakthrough as an encounter with God, and maybe the encounter with God is that actual manifest blessing that you're longing for, what is it that's standing between you and that breakthrough? What's standing between you and the blessing, you and the miracle? T today we're going to look at uh, uh, the story of blind Bartimaeus. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I've got a lot of favorite characters, but I want to look at this uh, situation that took place between him and his miracle. So our main text today is going to be coming out of Luke 18, uh, 35 through 43. I'm going to read the NASB version. Uh, just listen up. It says, as Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Stop. Jesus approaching Jericho. A blind man sitting by the road begging. There are times in life when you're going to be just on your way. And there will be those in need just positioned there. They don't know why they're there. But in this story, Jesus knows why he's there. For this blind beggar, it's just another ordinary day. But for Jesus, this is a day of divine destiny. I want you to get into this moment because you have people who are blind sitting by the road. They're going on just through their normal, average, ordinary day. It's a day like any other day, but they don't know who's coming down the road. And I wonder, would you put yourself in that position and let God use you so that it doesn't say Jesus was approaching, but maybe it might say, one day Phil was approaching or Susan was approaching. One day James or Sasha or Aaron or whoever is approaching and you're getting ready to interact with a destiny of another human being. Let's move on. It says, now hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire, what is this? What is this? What's going on here? And the others said, they told him that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He calls out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way were sternly telling him, be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he came near, he questioned him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and began following him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they gave praise to God. The people who were touched by Jesus historically seem to be the people who are within the vicinity of Jesus. 
listen, don't miss this. It says in verse 35 and 36, Jesus is approaching, the crowd is nearby. You need to be in vicinity. You hear me? You, the pandemic season of 2020, the goal is to divide and separate and keep you from those places where the Lord seems to most often move. We're gonna get into that in a second here. But when the Lord moves, jump in. Don't miss a moment. Listen to what Genesis 6.3 says. It says that my spirit will not contend with people forever, for they are mortal, their days will be numbered. Hebrews 3.15 says, as has just been said today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. What, what I want you to understand is when God's spirit moves, you need to get up. You've got to respond. You've got to interact. Now, there's a second side to this because you've got to position yourself. It says the blind man was by the side of the road. And so I began by saying he didn't know who was going to come down the road that day. But when you position yourself, you open the door for possibility. There are plenty of people with their arms folded saying, well, if God wants to do something in my life, he'll just do it because God is all powerful and God is almighty. But God has not chosen to most commonly work that way. God is looking for people who will position themselves. From time to time, you've got to at least muster up enough strength to get yourself in the least to the side of the road. The blind man was by the side of the road. See, based on how this blind man seems to interact with Jesus, it tells us that he knew something about him. His reputation must have preceded him. There must have been a form of belief. So the people were talking about Jesus. He would have known that Jesus would have maybe traveled this way. So he positioned himself in his blindness, in his weakness, in his infirmity, would you in the least, in your weakness, in your brokenness, in your depression, can you find enough strength to position yourself? Oh, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whatever condition it's in, position yourself that the master may be coming his way. The second part I want to look at here is sound the alarm. Let people know that the Lord is passing by. Verse 37 clues us in that the other people said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Listen, other people need to know. And other people joined in with him and believed. We have a responsibility to sound the alarm. We got to make people aware that Jesus is passing by. I'm not sure who it was that was with him uh, that would have known this, but it's possible that it could have been others who were with infirmity. Maybe it was friends who helped him get there. Uh, but what I do know is that it was not that it was not those closest to Jesus who sounded the alarm. Now let me say that again. What I can tell from this story, it wasn't those with Jesus walking with him in the crowds that sounded the alarm. It was those waiting in expectation. I want to tell somebody today, begin to sound the alarm with expectation. This means from time to time, you're going to need to believe with other people. You're going to need to encourage other people. You're going to need to cry out. I think I see Jesus coming. Come on, let's go there together. Come on, we're going to go to church together. I know I need a touch and I know that you need a touch. Let's, let me help you here. Let me give you a ride. Let me call you. Come on. I know that you're discouraged. Listen, I'm ready to throw in the towel too. We both need him. We're going to go after him together. And then it says he cried out. 
Oh, that you know there's power in crying out to Jesus. Uh, some of you are not experiencing the fullness because you're keeping your mouth shut <laughs> when you ought to be crying out. I think that Bartimaeus is highlighted in this story because he's the one who cried out. In Luke 18, 9 through 14, we find a beautiful parable of a tax collector and a, and a high religious leader, a Pharisee. The Pharisee walks into the temple and says, God, I'm so grateful that I am without sin and I'm not like this guy over here. I bring in my tithes and my offerings and I, I keep all the laws, but the, 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 the tax collector stays in the back and beats his chest crying out, God have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. God have mercy on me. There is power in crying out. This man had something in common with the sinful publican. Do you know that sometimes your breakthrough is found in having things in common with sinners more than having things in common with, with the religious community? Come on, somebody. Sometimes it's in the sin and in the brokenness and it's in the weakness that we're going to find the grace that we need. God finds pleasure in leaving the 99 and chasing down the one. When is the last? time that you cried out to God. So many people are in their infirmary, but they're not crying out. Right now, you could be in the vicinity of the king. Does pride keep you from getting on your knees and crying out? Why wouldn't you cry out to the king? Cry out to the king. Now, I titled this, Cast It Off, because this is where we find Oh, this, the, this is when it changes up. Mark gives us a, an account of this story. Uh, Mark chapter 10, 50, verse 50 says, The man threw his coat off, jumped up, and ran to Jesus. Mark gives us a little bit more detail in recounting the same story. He adds in that when Jesus calls him, he throws it off. He casts off the cloak. Now, we know that even though he positioned himself, he still had obstacles to get to Jesus. He had to throw off the weight and abandon his position as a beggar. Listen, there's times when Jesus comes to the lame man and picks him up by hand, and then there are other times when Jesus commands you to come to him. But what we see Bartimaeus did is he ran and cast off the final thing that would have marked him. Listen, the people couldn't shut him up. Uh, the people couldn't stop him. His greatest challenge and greatest obstacle is what rested on him, the beggar's cloak. See, up until that point, the beggar's cloak was his symbol of poverty and it validated and marked him for life. But in the moment that his breakthrough and his miracle was taking shape, there was a physical manifestation of release that marked this moment of faith. Listen, a lot of people want a miracle, but they're not willing to abandon the things that hinder their miracle, the things that hinder their breakthrough. I'm talking to somebody today that you don't know if you're gonna get to that place. You don't know if you're gonna achieve that thing that God deposited in your heart. I want to tell you that in order to get to the destiny that God has for you, you're going to have to shake some things off. You're going to have to let go of some beggar cloaks. So let's recount the story. Jesus is passing by. Can you hear the noise, the crowd? Not too sure of what's happening. Yet they have enough commotion 
that it helps those in need recognize that Jesus is about to be in their midst. And Bartimaeus, he has to raise his voice loud and cry out. He has to persevere. Listen, Bartimaeus didn't stand there with his hands folded saying, uh, yeah, I've got an unspoken. He wanted a miracle. He wanted something from God. And he pushed and pressed through. He resisted the opposition in order to get to Jesus. He had to go through some stuff in order to be among those closest to Jesus. He made a commotion and the scripture tells us Jesus stopped. When's the last time you stopped Jesus? Whew. When's the last time you caused enough commotion? You said, God, don't miss me. God, I'm right here. God, don't pass me by. That's one of the reasons why I get so excited in worship services. God, don't pass me by. Jesus question, what do you want from me? He speaks from faith and tells Jesus exactly what he needs because he pronounces to Jesus the thing that he needs, recognizing that Jesus is the source. He didn't say, Jesus, I need a better doctor. Jesus, I need better health insurance. Jesus, I need to try out this new medical wonder. I'm wondering if maybe you could you know, bless me so that I could go after it. He said, you, I wanna see again. He caught Jesus' attention by his cries of mercy. He ran, he cast off the final thing that would have marked him, his beggar's cloak. Now listen, he abandoned his identity to embrace a new one. Up until that point, the beggar's cloak was the symbol of poverty that, that marked him for life. But in that moment, in that moment that his miracle was preparing to take shape, he experienced the gap. The, the gap between the abandonment and the miracle. Listen, when you shake off things to get closer to Christ, some of you, you gotta shake off some friends. And you may go through a season of loneliness. And you may, you may shake off some habits and you're going to go through a season of, I don't know what to do with myself. And, and you're going to shake off some patterns and behaviors. And, and you may feel like you don't have an identity anymore. I think Bartimaeus felt that between the cloak and the master's hand. Dropped it. And for that short stint of time, as he approached Christ, he was a man without identity. The gap between us and Christ is sin. The gap between Bartimaeus and his cloak and Jesus was uncertainty, was blindness, hopelessness. He hadn't experienced a touch until Jesus says the words to him. Between you and me, there's a gap of releasing the old life, but Christ has bridged the old life to the new life by the cross. So too often we talk about uh, miracles and breakthroughs in church, but we don't experience it. The Bible tells us something else we've got to shake off. Because I recognize that there's a lot of obstacles people have to overcome in order to come to a place of faith. They have to go, uh, they have to abandon lifestyle decisions and they have to abandon and sacrifice things of interest. There's a lot of things that want to get in the way to keep people and prevent them from coming to Christ, to come into a fuller knowledge. What, what do you have to shake off? Maybe it's unworthiness, just like the Pharisee and the publican or the voices in the crowd that want to tell you, God's not interested in you. You've got to move past that. Listen, you've got to throw off the weight and abandon uh, the things that leave you as a beggar. Hebrews 12, one through three, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off 
cast off everything that hinders and sins that so easily beset or entangle us so we can run the race with perseverance, a race marked out for us. Now, here's how we do that, fixing our eyes on Jesus because he's the pioneer. He went before us. He's the perfecter. The work is in his hands of what? Of your faith. Now, why did Jesus do this work? Why did Jesus die on the cross? The Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and scorned its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. The Bible says, for the joy set before Christ, he endured the cross. So the cross wasn't the place of joy. And for you to get close to God, you're going to have to endure some crosses. That's not your place of joy. Your place of joy is found beyond the cross. There are times when Jesus will pick you up by the hand. There are times when Jesus commands you to come to him. The point is, what are you allowing to stand in the way between you and the presence of the Lord? I want to tell you, cast it off. Do you believe that God has a plan for you? Cast off every hindrance. Do you believe that God wants to bring hope and health and healing into your life? Cast it off. Oh, cast off your beggar's cloak. Cast off the sins of, of, of your lineage. Some of you, you've grown up in abusive, alcoholic homes, and that's all you've known, and that's what you're repeating. I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, cast it off. Some of you are walking with bitterness and unforgiveness, and it's preventing you from experiencing the spiritual healing of sight. I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, cast it off right now. Somebody needs to cast it off. I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to fill in the blank. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to cast off the sin that's been besetting me and it's been keeping me from experiencing you. The sin in my life right now, go ahead and name what it is. It's anger. It's bitterness. It's unforgiveness. It's addiction. It's jealousy. It's pride. It's lust. I want to cast it off right now in the name of Jesus. I want to cast it off. Now, like blind Bartimaeus, when Jesus said, what is it that you want from me? Tell the Lord what you want from him. Lord, I want to be healthy. Lord, I want to be healed. I want to be whole. Jesus, I want to experience your presence. Lord, I'm telling you what I want. I want to know you and be known by you. Come and make my life and my heart your home. Thank you, Father, that you hear our prayers. Thank you, Father, that you love us. And I thank you that you're meeting the, the prayers right now of your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Listen, if this is the first time you, you've prayed a prayer where you've invited Christ into your life, I, I want to know about it. I want to connect with you. I want to encourage you. You can reach me at pastor at gardencitychurch.net. I'd love to walk with you and encourage you. Until we speak next time, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his glory, be blessing and honor and glory and power unto his name forevermore. Amen and amen. I'm Pastor Aaron. Thanks for hanging with me. Thank you for joining us. If today's message encouraged you to keep running the race, we invite you to share this message with others. You can join Pastor Aaron weekly at Garden City Church in person or online. Till next time, keep pressing on.